SMS SAFM now on 41391. Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. The time is 21 minutes after 10 here on SAFM, uh, leading the conversation 104 to 107 nationwide and on DSTV channel 814. My name is Patricia Nduli. Let us uh, look at the issue of prostate cancer. Um, And I'd like to remind you, A-teamers, that, uh, you know, Join in on the conversation, ask your questions or give us your experiences around prostate cancer. The number to dial is 011-714-2006, alternatively 011-714-4045. You can also WhatsApp on 0614-104-107. I'd like to welcome our A-team guest, Andrew Obelhoser, who's the CEO of Prostate Cancer Foundation South Africa. Thank you very much for joining us, Andrew. How are you this evening? I'm great. How are you, Patricia? Thanks for having us. I'm so happy for having you because we are talking about a, a, a um, an issue that South Africans are not really so afraid about. And it, when it comes to cancer, no one is really sure where it comes from, how it works, and why do people, you know, just... We fear it. We fear it. And why do people not get cured from it? But then yet again, we don't really live lifestyles that will hold the cancer back. Today, I'm happy that you are with us and you're going to explain more about prostate cancer. Can you tell us some of the work that you do at the Prostate Cancer uh, South Africa Foundation? So um, prostate cancer, because there's so little awareness about it, and it's actually the, the, the biggest killer in terms of men's cancers, um, so a lot of what we do is just creating awareness and raising awareness about prostate cancer and educating men, especially about uh, the importance of age-appropriate screening because unfortunately with prostate cancer, there's no symptoms in the early stages. So unless men are going for screening, um, the cancer, by the time they're diagnosed and having symptoms, it might already be too late in terms of being able to cure the cancer. So it's a lot of um, awareness and education that we do. Mm. Now, you know, could you explain to us about uh, prostate cancer in terms of, you know, what, how, how do you see the signs especially? Okay, so first of all, the prostate is a, a small gland. It's part of a man's internal sexual organs, and its function is to make up part of the fluid um, that the sperm travel in. So together with the seminal vesicles, it makes up most of the fluid. The sperm is only about 2% of the fluid. And, and the prostate actually... Um, is situated just below the bladder. So the tube that carries urine um, from the bladder um, through to the outside through the penis actually goes right through the prostate. So symptoms are normally urinary symptoms. So if there's an enlarged prostate, it can push on the urethra, causing a blockage, difficulty urinating, getting up at night, um, often to have to to urinate, um, painful urination. But we don't want to wait until there are symptoms because by the time the symptoms it generally means that the prostate cancer is actually spread out of the prostate itself. Uh, and at that point, it might not be curable. So that's why screening uh, is so important. Um, and screening involves two simple tests. It's uh, what we call a prostate-specific antigen or PSA test. That's a blood test. Um, and then the test that men... Quite a lot of men really fear, which is what we call the digital rectal examination. That's the finger, where the, the doctor inserts a finger up the, the rectum and is actually able to feel the prostate for any lumps or bumps. It's actually not that big a deal. It's about 20 seconds of minor discomfort. And the reason for having both screening tests is because 
Now, the PSA blood test is not 100% accurate. That just gives us an indication that something's wrong. So um, getting the digital rectal examination is just uh, giving you a bit of extra insurance and making sure that it is, the PSA is not high, but there is a lump or bump that further investigations can be done. We are talking uh, to Andrew Oberhoser, who's the CEO of uh, Prostate Cancer South Africa, which is a non-profit company that, uh, you know, creates awareness around uh, prostate cancer. We've asked you on uh, Twitter, A-teamers, are we doing enough to promote prostate cancer awareness in South Africa? Please uh, do go on uh, to our page on Twitter at SFM Radio and cast your vote there. Also give us some comments uh, via our SMS line, which is 41391, or even via WhatsApp on 0614-104-107. If you'd like to call in, use this number 011-714-2006, alternatively 0117. 0117- 7144045 Andrew I'd like us to talk about public health facilities are they geared up to understand prostate cancer and also assist um with the screening and and the likes So the screening is a bit of a challenge because uh, men don't always have access to screening and the screening is only the first part in terms of diagnosing prostate cancer so if the screening indicates that the problem for example the PSA test is high um, that doesn't necessarily mean that a man has prostate cancer. It could be an enlarged prostate or even an infection of the prostate. So the challenge is to actually diagnose prostate cancer, you need to go for a biopsy. And a biopsy means that there has to be a theater, there has to be an ultrasound machine, and there have to be doctors that are trained to be able to perform that procedure. And that, those facilities don't, unfortunately, exist in all of our, our rural areas. In the main centers, we generally have very good academic hospitals with excellent urology departments. So if there is a problem, then men will be referred to the urology department. The urologist is the doctor that deals um, with men's problems, so problems with the penis and the testicles and the prostate and the internal sexual organs as well as problems with the urinary system. So that's kind of the, the man's doctor, the urologist. So that's where you'll be referred to if there is a problem. So, um, yeah, once you refer to a, a urology department, the, um, you're in good hands then and the, and the treatments that they're able to offer um, are good. Obviously, there's, there's long waiting periods, um, but fortunately, prostate cancer is generally not a fast-growing uh, cancer. But we would like for there to be more access to screening around the country because that's the first step. And, and, and it's age-appropriate screening. So um, men need to start thinking about going for screening from about the age of 40. Um, for black guys and for anyone with a history of breast or prostate cancer because black guys tend to get prostate cancer at a younger age and it's often a more aggressive type of cancer and then from 50 years of age for everybody else. Sorry, not 50, from 45 years of age for everyone else. Explain why is this that um, black African men would be prone to an earlier uh, prostate cancer as opposed to other races? Unfortunately, we don't have the answer to that um, at this stage. So there's obviously a lot of research going into that. So this is this, this occurs around the world. So we don't, have, unfortunately, have great data in South Africa, but black African guys in America and even in the UK are much more at risk for prostate cancer. So they have about a 60% increased risk um, compared to their white counterparts. And they're, they're quite as more, as more likely to die from prostate cancer. So... Black guys, about one in four to one in six black guys are likely to get prostate cancer uh, compared to about one in eight white guys. And as I said, there's a lot of research. There's probably some um, hereditary factor that we will be able to eventually identify in the genomes and the 
but at this point we're not actually able to to pinpoint exactly what the reason is. Sure. Uh, well, I, I, I just so wish that we had the reasoning behind it because obviously, like we say, prevention is better than cure. And if we know exactly what the reasons around prostate cancer could be, then whether black, white, Indian, colored, Chinese, we would be able to try and prevent it. Now, I've got a message here from uh, uh, Worcester who says, Hi, Patricia. I hope you're doing well. I heard that this kind of cancer is caused by a lack of sex. Is this true or is it a myth? This is from C okay. in Worcester. Okay, so the risk factors for prostate cancer, first of all, as you get older, you're more likely to get prostate cancer. As I've already mentioned, if you're um, if you're black from black African descent, you're more likely likely to get prostate cancer. Uh, and if there's a family history, you're more at risk. So the only um, modifiable risk factor uh, we've, we've looked at diet and all sorts of things. And the one thing that does come through strongly, uh, it's interesting that you're um, caller raised that is that men who have more than 21 ejaculations a month seem to have a lower risk of prostate cancer. So um, we're not sure what the reason for that is. It's possibly what we call um, chemopathogenesis. So by having regular ejaculations, it, ex- it gets rid of toxins that build up in the in the prostate. But that hasn't been proven as such yet. So um, your caller is quite correct in that uh, regulates or more than 21 ejaculations a month will reduce your risk for prostate cancer by about 20%. And that's the only what we call modifiable risk factor that we've been able to identify at this point. Let me go to our A-teamers voice notes. Um, hey, Patricia. Good evening. I'm Nishan from Danefern. Um, Could you please ask Andrew, what's the relation between regular ejaculation and avoiding prostate cancer? Thank you. Hi, Patricia. My name is Leona from Bay Captain. Just a few questions to your guest. What is the time frame of a patient diagnosed with cancer before he can pass on? Uh, is there a problem with a person if the time frame is about two years before that it was diagnosed? And what is public health doing to prevent people from having uh, prostate cancer? Well, uh, the first uh, voice note, Andrew, we've already addressed in relation to the amount of ejaculations. And you've said that if you have 21 ejaculations a month or more, it lessens your risk by 20%. But the second one here with regards to, uh, you know, health care of someone who has prostate cancer. Could you please address that? Yeah, so that's a a very good question. So if we can diagnose prostate cancer in the early stages before it's spread beyond the prostate, um, we talk about five-year survival rate. So men who we diagnose in the early stages, after five years, um, almost 98% of them will still be alive if we're able to catch it early and treat it. If the, a man walks in and is diagnosed with what we call metastatic prostate cancer, that's once the cancer has spread beyond the prostate or, um, all through the body and it spreads via the lymphatic system and the blood vessels. Um, then the survival rate of five years, in, in other words, the percentage of men who will still be alive after five years is only 30%. So um, it's it's really, really crucial that we try and catch this cancer in the early stages when it is treatable. So once it's spread, it's become metastatic. There's no cure, unfortunately, for the prostate cancer. All we can do is slow the progression of the disease. And what we have to do to slow down the progression of the disease with metastatic prostate cancer is actually remove um, testosterone from the body because that's what fuels the growth of the prostate cancer cells. 
Um, and you can imagine the side effects of removing testosterone or the man's hormone from the body. It will mean that men have um, no sex drive, they battle with the erections, they lose their muscle mass and their muscle strength, um, they battle to concentrate and they lose their energy and drive. Um, they can even develop osteoporosis and hot flashes. So, um, But when a man comes in with metastatic prostate cancer, really all we can do um, is to help is, is it to try and keep them alive um, at least for four to five years by, by removing testosterone. But unfortunately, even after about two years, it becomes um, resistant to that treatment and we then end up with a situation where men have what we call castrate, metastatic castrate-resistant prostate cancer, um, which becomes even more difficult and complicated to treat. So, in other words, when one has a prostate cancer, they don't necessarily undergo chemotherapy then? No, so the treatments for, if prostate cancer is diagnosed in the early stages, then the treatment options are, first of all, to surgically remove the prostate, and that's called a prostatectomy. Um, and obviously then you're removing, uh, hopefully, all the cancer, and often they will generally always remove the seminal vesicles as well. Or you can have radiation treatment, and radiation treatment either involves uh, external beam radi- radiation where you um, basically go in every week and you lie under a big machine that blasts the prostate with high-density um, uh, x-rays or what we call brachytherapy where they implant radioactive seeds into the prostate um, and it destroys um, the cancer cells from within the prostate. So that's if it's caught in the early stages. But as I've said, if it's, if it's, um, if, if it's metastatic or it's already spread, then we've got to basically take testosterone away from the body to try and stop the, the, the prostate cancer from spreading. And that's done by either using hormone um, therapy uh, where we use medications to block the uptake of the testosterone or we actually um, use surgical castration where we remove the man's testicles um, because that's where most of the testosterone is produced. And those, then you deal with the side effects of not having testosterone, unfortunately. Hmm. Chemotherapy is used for very late stage. So when it becomes castrate resistance and, and, and blocking the testosterone is not working anymore, then we would start looking at using um, things like chemotherapy. And then we have some new treatment options to treat uh, the prostate cancer often, often spreads to the bones to treat what we call the bony metastases using radionuclide or radiopharmaceuticals. Let's go to Ngonde, who's holding on the line. Good evening, our A-team and Ngonde. How are you doing? Lovely, lovely, Nongkulego. I'm doing fine. I'm Question glad you to are. the doctor. Mm-hmm. Question to the doctor. You know, as that last time, the, what is the mortality rate of this silent killer? Because really, Patricia, it is a silent killer. It has taken about seven members of my family, you know, um, although they're all men, I think they actually diagnosed late. That is why it was fatal. Okay? And I'd like to posit a theory, whether it's correct or not, but she will answer me. What if men become celibate? I, I posit that the, the men in Beijing, China, those who are monks in the monasteries, they live up to 100 years on average. I've never had them suffering from cancer. You know, it's precisely they don't have sex. Secondly, men hate needles, all right? And the doctor mentioned that um, there's another test that a doctor inserts, you know, his thumb in your anus. Patricia, let me explain to you. The anus, God intended the anus to be for exit. 
in the other party, which I don't have, as entrance, okay? So, the daughter can please square those things up for me. Thank you. Thank you very much, Ngonde. And condolences uh, for the family members that you have lost due to prostate cancer. So, Patricia, a couple of things from the, um, the, some of the issues that the gentleman um, mentioned there. Uh, the biopsy that is done to diagnose prostate cancer is either done under a local anesthetic or general anesthetic. Um, and there's two different methods of doing that. So the needles can either be inserted um, through the rectum um, and, and they, t- they insert about 12 needles through there or through the perineum. That's the area between the scrotum and the anus. Um, there's now new technologies where they, they can actually take an MRI scan before that and identify the hotspots and then they can use fewer needles by going straight into those hotspots um, and removing some of those cells. Those cells are then sent off to a laboratory and they're examined to determine um, how much they've been affected by the cancer. And then your cancer will be graded or staged and you'll be given a decent score, which is a good indication of how aggressive the the type of prostate cancer um, that you have. Uh, in terms of the digital rectal examination, um, yes, if, if men are really terrified of, of, of having um, a finger uh, up the anus or the rectum, um, then at least have the PSA test. But it is good to have both because, as I said, that PSA test can give us a false negative or a false positive result but in about 10 to 15% of cases. Um, and there are some non-PSA-producing prostate cancers. So by having the finger, it just means it's a double check. Um, so sometimes the PSA will be perfectly normal, and the doctor will feel a lump or bump when he does the the finger, and that's an indication that there could be a problem, and you will then be referred to a urologist to do the, the biopsy. Um, I didn't catch all of the other uh, queries from the gentleman, so maybe you could just, if I've missed something, um, just... Uh, let me know how to, what else you had the questions about. Andrew, actually, it's it's it's. Um, I think you've covered the majority of the the, the questions that Nanda posed. I'd like to just remind our uh, A teamers that we are talking to Andrew Obelhoser, who's the CEO for the Prostate Cancer Foundation in South Africa, and uh, we are talking about prostate cancer. And ju- just as um, you know, a, a reminder to our A teamers, please, if they are turned around and you feel it's getting a bit sensitive because we are talking about certain body parts, please keep them away just so that we don't but for me I feel because this is very educational everyone should be listening everyone should be educated because it can affect all of us one way or another um Atimas, let me remind you, you can call in, ask your questions. We'll get to your voice notes as well, and we'll also get to the poll. The number to dial is 011-714-2006, alternatively 011-714-4045. You can WhatsApp on 0614-104-107 or even uh, SMS on 41391. Social media platforms at SAFM Radio at Patricia Enenduli. And we have asked you on Twitter, are we doing enough to promote prostate cancer awareness in South Africa? Well, definitely that's what uh, the Prostate Cancer Foundation is doing. But do you feel that, you know,
know, government is also pulling its weight? And do you feel like um, health facilities are pulling their weight when it comes to educating around prostate cancer? Please do go to Twitter and vote there. The time now is 20 minutes to 10 at 11 o'clock. Reminder, Zolega Kodashi comes in with the final news bulletin and straight after that, Closet Conversations. SMS SAFM now on 41391. Late Night Conversations, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Now, on Twitter, we asked you, are we doing enough to promote prostate cancer awareness in South Africa? Currently, the poll is looking like this. 73.5% say no, while 26.5% say yes. And that's why we are commending the work that Andrew Obelhoser and his team at uh, the Prostate Cancer Foundation in South Africa are doing to keep awareness going. Andrew, one of the things that you spoke about a bit earlier was the public health facilities in terms of screening. And you, you mentioned that in rural areas, the screening is not readily available, uh, yet alone the testing. Could it be possible that even if it was available, some men, especially traditional men, or because of a lack of of, of awareness of this particular cancer, would not be comfortable to be uh, screened by a female uh, healthcare worker? So I think it's a good question, Patricia. And one of the challenges that we face with men is that uh, when it comes to health issues, they're less likely than women to go for regular health checkups. Um, so research shows that they visit their, their GPs, for example, those guys who are, who are on medical aid, um, a lot less frequently than women, um, and they tend to ignore the early warning signs of, of many diseases as well. And as a result, of course, they, they die five to seven years earlier than women. So men's health is definitely a challenge. Women tend to be a lot more sensible about their health. Uh, and the analogy that we try and use with men is that, that you take your car for regular service and for, for, for checkups. You need, you need to take your body for a regular checkup. And, um, and, and there's so many diseases that if we catch them in the early stages, we can really get much better outcomes um, because we can intervene much earlier on. And prostate cancer is one of those, but cardiovascular disease, um, depression, there's so many other diseases that men really battle with because they're resistant um, you going to the doctor when they have a problem, they almost feel like it's a sign of weakness. With prostate cancer, we've got the added challenge that men are so um, scared of the finger um, and anything to do with sexual health and the prostate is, is actually part of a man's internal sexual organs. There's a lot of taboos associated with those things. So I would just really encourage men, you know, if we can catch this cancer in the early stages, it's, it's curable, um, it's treatable, um, but once it's spread, uh, there's no cure for it. So um, a lot of challenges that we are facing, and it's great that we, if we can introduce screening much more widely in South Africa because that is going to reduce our rates of metastatic prostate cancer. And we have very high rates in South Africa of metastatic prostate cancer, but um, it's not just the screening. It means we need to be able to have those biopsy facilities available so that people don't have to travel two to three hours uh, away if there is a problem with the screening for a biopsy. Now, uh, here's an ATMO says uh, there is a belief amongst uh, the gay community that the prostate gland can get stimulated during anal sex. I would like to know if there's any truth to this and does it have any risk which might lead to prostate cancer in the long run? So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, we, we, we know from uh, sexual health that some men find the, the prostate massage quite stimulating. 
Um, it doesn't uh, increase risks provided that it's done safely, uh, that there's adequate protection. Um, remember that any form of uh, anal penetration carries a much higher risk of HIV and STIs. Um, so if men are going to engage in those activities, they need to, pay, to take the, the appropriate um, precautions. But it's not, not certainly not going to have an effect um, on increasing your risk for prostate cancer at all. We don't know what causes prostate cancer, which is another challenge that we have. Uh, there are so many cancers like colon cancer where you can recommend that people make dietary changes, uh, minimize the alcohol intake, avoid um, burnt red meat, um, eat a high-fiber diet. But with prostate cancer, we can't make those recommendations because we don't have sufficient evidence in terms of what's causing it, which, which creates even more of a, a challenge. All we can do, as I say, is to encourage men to to go for age-appropriate screening so that we can catch it in the early stages when it is treatable. Um, here's another SMS here from our A-teamers. Let me remind you, A-teamers, that the number to dial is 011-714-2006, alternatively 011-714-4045. If you'd like to ask Andrew any questions around prostate cancer screening and awareness, you can also SMS on 41391 or WhatsApp 0614104107. This A-teamer says, I don't have problems with erection or with the symptoms you have mentioned, but I have a dull pain between the left leg and the scrotum should I be worried you know, any form of uh, pain that you're having in your body uh, is a sign that something is not right so it's always um, worthwhile getting it checked out in terms of symptoms of prostate cancer um, if prostate cancer spreads it generally spreads to bones so men will complain sometimes of pain in the thighs uh, pain in the lower back and the pelvic area um, they will pain, often complain of difficulties uh, with urinating or painful urination. Um, and when it, is, it spreads extensively, they might complain of things like a lack of energy even. So um, those are the kind of symptoms of a very advanced prostate cancer. Um, and that, that bone pain can be quite extensive, pain in the pelvic regions, urinary retention, a whole the, you know, inability to pass urine. Um, so there are a whole lot of symptoms. But we don't want to wait until it's reached that stage because then it's metastatic. So, as I say, again, early detection, go for your screening, um, and we can catch it early and we can treat it successfully. Let's go to welcome. Uh, good evening and uh, welcome, welcome, A-teamer. Yes, uh, good evening. How are you? Excellent. How are you doing? Okay, thanks, man. Uh, my question is that if I wanted to check do I have that autocode for the What should I do? So you are asking about screening? The screening, yes. All right. Also, uh-huh. also because this week I attended the doctor about my my breath, and mm-hmm. he said, no, it's not the case. It might be better than safe food. So not the case. So that's why I wanted to ask him. All right. Welcome. Uh, Andrew will repeat it again, how uh, the screening is done. Thank you very much for calling in. Andrew, you can volunteer yourself. You can go and ask yourself, or oh, what should you do? All right. Do. All right. Thanks. Welcome. Andrew, um, welcome. would like you to please just go through the screening uh, process again. And do you ask for it yourself, or do you have to wait for your healthcare protectioner? So, again, it depends whether you have um, a private uh, medical aid or you're using a public health facility, and it varies from province to province. So, Gauteng is actually quite proactive in that government does do 
um, PSA screening quite widely in various communities um, in, the, in, the, in some of the hospitals. So the two tests that are, are required are what we call a PSA blood test, where they actually take blood um, and they send that off to the laboratory. Um, if the PSA or prostate-specific antigen levels are high, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have prostate cancer. It just tells us that something is wrong in the prostate. So it could be an enlarged prostate um, or it could be an infected prostate or even inflammation. Um, but it, it will mean that we have an idea something's wrong and we can investigate further. Um, if you are going to a, a GP or urology department, they'll generally do a digit or they should do a digital rectal examination, which would make put a finger um, up through the anus uh, into the rectum and they can actually feel the prostate uh, for any lumps or bumps or hardness. Uh, and that again would be an indication that something's wrong. So if those screening tests come back and indicate that there is something wrong, they'll generally be f- referred to a urologist who will then do what's called a, a prostate biopsy. And that's uh, um, a procedure in which they insert an ultrasound probe up the rectum and then they put needles into the prostate, um, take some of the cells from the prostate and send those off to a laboratory for analysis and they'll be able to then determine whether those cells are cancerous uh, and how aggressive that cancer is, and they'll give you what's called a decent grading score, um, and that will then um, indicate whether further treatment's necessary. If they feel that the prostate cancer may have spread, they'll do further tests. Um, they might do things like x-rays, bone scans, uh, magnetic resonance imaging, and those tests are to see if the cancer has spread uh, to other areas in the body, the bones, it can spread to things like the liver, um, the kidneys. Um, it can kind of spread all over the body, but it generally spreads first to bone, um, but it can spread to organs as well. Let's take a bit of a breather. We'll be back with Andrew Obohozo, the CEO of Prostate Cancer Foundation in South Africa. Tweet at SFM Radio and at Patricia N. Dooley. The time is 53 minutes after 10. This is the late night conversations on SAFM leading the late night conversation. Um, we are speaking prostate cancer with Andrew Obelhozo, who's the CEO of Prostate Cancer Foundation in South Africa. On the line right now, we've got Atima, Mr. Kumalo, who's calling all the way from the Eastern Cape. Now we've got Atima, Mr. Mm, uh, Bob Kumalo, could you please uh, take your phone off speaker so we can be able to hear you? Your ro- your radio, whatever it is, your radio, if it's on, please switch it off. Uh, I just want to ask if does the government medical aid take care of this prostate cancer because uh, most of, of the time uh, this government medical aid this jam, does not uh, recognize this uh, uh, disease for men. I don't know now what about uh, this uh, one. Mm. All right. I don't know if Andrew would be able to answer. I suppose if you want to know if your particular medical aid being GEM um, is, covers this, you'd need to contact them directly, uh, Mr. Kumalo. However, let's uh, find out if Andrew has any uh, awareness of this. Thank you very much for calling in. Andrew, are you aware if the government medical aid scheme GEMS is, covers prostate cancer? So in terms of screening, they might they may um, not cover the PSA test or it will come out of the medical savings. But in, once a man is actually diagnosed with prostate cancer um, and there's hospitalization required for the, for the treatments and the biopsy, um, all the big medical aids will generally um, cover those costs. 
in terms of, of treatment options, um, most of them will cover the basic surgical uh, treatment uh, costs and also the radiation treatment costs as well. Um, it's when it comes to some of the newer uh, drugs, what we call the novel antiandrogens, they might not fully cover those, um, but the basic treatments that most of the, the big medical aids will cover. Um, if you are having to undergo treatment at a public um, in the public sector, then there might not be all the treatment options available f- uh, for you. So uh, when it comes to prostate cancer surgery, for example, um, there are now new techniques, what we call robotic surgery, available um, within the private sector. Those are not unfortunately available in the public sector at this point. And the robotic surgery just enables surgeons to remove the prostate more carefully and to minimize damage to the nerves that surround the prostate. And um, those are the nerves that give men the erections as well. Um, and also minimize damage um, to the uh, urethra um, and, and reconnecting the urethra to the bladder. So the side effects of prostate cancer surgery are almost commonly uh, incontinence, so that's leaking of urine uh, and difficulty regaining the erections. Um, so the, the, the treatments that are provided are not uh, always available at all the different centers, and obviously some of the new technologies are a little bit more expensive. Um, just you need to find out from your medical aid what is available within the public sector. You might not obviously have the same range of uh, choices in terms of treatment options. And we always encourage men to do a bit of research when it comes to choosing the treatment that's right for you because it's not a one-size-fits-all um, you need to make those decisions. Each treatment has its own set of side effects and challenges, um, and men need to make themselves aware of those. Let's go to Swisiso, who's holding on the line. Swisiso, good yes. evening. Let's go to Swisiso, who's holding on. All right, Swisiso, please uh, switch off your radio. I'm going to... Uh, uh, and to be fair, over there. Good evening. Yes. Uh, my main concern is that uh, I was diagnosed... Uh, with diabetes more than 10 years ago. Hello, are you there? Yes, we're here. We were listening to you, Sibusi, so you were diagnosed. Yes. yes. Then, since then, I have had zero erection. I have never had any erection since then, but I am a sex fanatic. So then, when I wish to have sex, uh, I just compromise uh, by trying to fake uh, erection, even though it doesn't happen. When I happen to have contact with a woman, instead of semen coming out before, before we show that I am having an erection, only urine comes out of the urethra. And then I, I try to penetrate a woman, uh, forcing my penis into her vagina, and no uh, ejaculations happens. Instead of sperm coming out, only some spasm and some contractions happen. And I don't know what happens to that sperm that should be coming out of my penis. That's why I'm so worried maybe that there may be some deposits of sperm somewhere because I never had any ejaculation since 10 years. So, so have you seek medical help? No, I, 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 I was so embarrassed to seek any medical help because mm, I think my GPs had no know-how of my condition. Mm. 
No, I think that's where you need to start because Andrew, as much as he is the CEO of um, um, prostate cancer in South Africa, but you need to go to a medical practitioner to have yourself tested, checked, and verified. Okay, so please do that. Patricia, just um, what's important to understand is erectile, uh, and I've I've come out of the background in sexual health, so I'm happy to help with the question, but... Um, one of the complications of diabetes is that it causes um, cardiovascular um, disease, so narrowing of the, the arteries and hardening of the arteries. So a common complication of type 2 diabetes is going to be erectile dysfunction. And then in addition to that, a lot of diabetics also get what we call diabetic neuropathy, which is a lack of sensation. Um, so the combination of the cardiovascular complications um, and the neuropathy um, results in erectile dysfunction is a very common problem with um, diabetics, and again, they would need to see uh, you know, a sexologist or a urologist because there are very good treatments available to to help them with good erectile dysfunction. Sure. There's a lot that uh, we still have not covered and uh, some messages that we never got the opportunity to go through uh, due to time. Andrew, we need to uh, wrap up our conversation. But yo, a lot still needs to be done around prostate cancer. And uh, South Africa also agrees around this. Um, right now, 73% say no, not enough is being done to promote um, uh, prostate cancer. What is it, just in brief as we close, that we as South Africans should be doing to assist the work that you as Prostate Cancer Foundation are doing? I think just to give a little give a little bit more attention to, to, to men's health issues um, is very important. I think we saw, um, you know, women's health, women are very good at creating awareness around women's health problems. So more awareness around men's health issues uh, and then men taking ownership and responsibility for their health um, and just going for those regular checkups, understanding uh, the importance of age-appropriate screening uh, because early detection with so many uh, diseases just is so important in terms of better health outcomes. But thank, thank you very much for the opportunity to, to just raise the awareness a bit more about prostate cancer. Thank you very much, Andrew. Please give us your website as well so our ATMs can be able to be in touch with you. So it's prostatecancerfoundation.co.za or prostate-ca.co.za. We're also on Facebook, so like us and follow us. Just go to Prostate Cancer um, SA or Prostate Cancer Foundation South Africa. Lots of information, videos. Uh, and educational stuff there. Thank you very much, Andrew, and have a good evening. Thank you so much, Patricia. Good night. Let's go to uh, Zolega Kodashe in the newsroom. Good evening, beautiful Zolega.